Rick Jensen on 1150 AM, 101.7 FM, WDEL. Imagine this. There you are. You served in the Army. And you proudly put up a flagpole, which is within the state limits. Homeowners Association. President says, I don't like it. I don't like this. You put up a um, an eagle. Oh, my gosh. How dare you put up an, an eagle figure on the pole as well. And imagine going back and forth, back and forth for well over a year. Finally, you contact an attorney. The thing goes on for three years. And this is a case that we've talked about in this program this year, last year, and the year before. In fact, I tried to get uh, the company that uh, owns uh, this, uh, well, they built the neighborhood and they control the, the homeowner association. And I tried to get a hold of the homeowner association president and all that. Of course, you know, they didn't want to be in the program. And I can understand why. They look like a bunch of buffoons saying you can't have a perfectly legitimate flagpole flag and an eagle on the top of the thing. So we've had uh, Rich Killingsworth, who retired uh, as, as a corporal from the U.S. Army, as well as his attorney, Ted Kittle, which is just amazing to me. Oh, yeah, I have to get an attorney for this now. <laughs> Again, we've talked about homeowners associations on this program, and this is just an example of why I hate HOAs. But Rich loves where he lives in Middletown, been battling this out, and there has been a decision on whether or not he's allowed it to keep the flagpole. And through out of this are some really incredible stories that should embarrass anybody who's ever served on an HOA. Rich, thanks for being on, sir. Good morning. Thank you for having me. Yes, and Ted Kittela, who's been on this program many, many times. Attorney, how are you, sir? Hey, good morning, Rick. Good to talk with you. So... I kind of laid out uh, what happened. Uh, Rich, do you want to add anything to this about uh, the Eagle and the back and forth with the HOA before we uh, get to the details on what happened finally? Well, as you identified, Rick, it, you know, it's been a long, arduous path getting to where we are in terms of the settlement. And it's, it, it's good to feel uh, that this is done and that we finally have uh, a resolution to what we have here that I'm still able to proudly display. Uh, the American flag on a flagpole, and also probably display the bronze eagle that sits uh, right in front of it. Yeah, so tell us about this eagle. And As I understand, this is when the HOA, I guess previous HOA president, uh, first had a problem, or was it somebody else who had a problem with this? Well, you know, those details are still, you know, difficult to discern. Uh, what I would say is, um, you know, good governance finally prevailed where the HOA had a turnover in the board, and, and we had some, um, you know, very savvy individuals, very collaborative and cooperative individuals who assume, assume positions on the board. And it's nice to see that when good, good governance is in place, that the uh, the right and um, decisions are made with regard to how the residents um, can live um, in this community. So you actually worked, as I understand, um in a job wherein you had to have a working knowledge of rules and regulations regarding flagpoles and such. Is that right? That's correct. Well, I'm a professor at the University of Delaware. Um, I also had a politically appointed position in Newcastle County as the uh, chairperson for the planning board, uh, which uh, oversaw all the development within Newcastle County. 
Um, also did uh, research nationally for the Centers for Disease Control when I was a health scientist there on uh, developments like this one, uh, where we tried to understand how people um, operated within those developments in terms of their behaviors. Uh, so I'm acutely familiar with uh, HOA rules and regulations and how they are governed. Um, and unfortunately, in this case, I was the receiver on the short end of the stick uh, initially, um, but certainly relieved at the end and very thankful for um, Ted Kittle's support and his guidance and mentoring and counsel throughout this whole uh, very long journey. Uh, and he stood by my side throughout, and uh, I'm very thankful for him and just his um is mentoring through the, through the through the way. Yeah, man, it's been like three years or so now. Legally, the state allows for what height for a flagpole? Yeah, so the state of Delaware, you know, has um, a law in place, Delaware Code twenty five three sixteen, which pro- provides the right for residents in Delaware to fly a flagpole up to twenty five feet in height, and only the U.S. flag, which is governed by the U.S. flag code. Um, so the flag on that flagpole can be no larger than three feet by five feet, which is a standard flag. And if it's flown at night, it must meet the requirements, uh, of course, that the flagpole details if it's flown um, 24 hours, seven days a week. Yeah, it must be lighted as well, right? Or is that is that a regulation or is that just a flag etiquette from uh, uh, the United States of America uh, federal code? If, it, if it's flown... Um, Per 25316, the Delaware Code, it should meet the requirements that are outlined in the flag code. Um, so any veteran that is flying this is, is usually very familiar with the flag code requirements and um, probably displays the American flag. So yeah. this, the, the law supports only the U.S. flag, and, and um, no other flag can be flown on that pole. Matter of fact, it's one of my favorite trivia questions. There, there is only one United States flag that is flown without being lighted in the dark and approved by the U.S. federal government and military. You know where it is. Do we get a prize if we? Do we get a prize if we if we get it right? You do. I'm going to give you. Let's see. I'm going to give you a bell ding. <laughs> and, and yes, and and the pride of knowing that you knew this answer. Why, Ted? You want to go with it? No, no, I have no idea. Is, uh, is Rich your lifeline on the trivia question, Rich? Rick, you you uh, you know you have me on a Friday on that question. Good for you. The moon. You are awesome that you got that one. <laughs> the moon. All right. All right. So the state and the federal government, they say 25 feet. How high is your flagpole there in your development in Middletown? Yes. So the eagle um, sits on a pedestal that is uh, puts it at about 10 feet high. The flag flies right behind it at 12 feet, 6 inches. So it flies between the wings of the bronze eagle probably displayed uh, and, and both of the, the, the eagle and the flagpole um, are of high quality and these are museum quality pieces that oh. reflects um, you know our national heritage and our national our two national symbols okay so it's obviously less than 25 but sounds like 12 or 13 feet it's um, no higher so yeah just to give a comparison for the audience um, the flagpole is actually lower than the basketball backboard would be in someone's driveway. All right. um, The top end of that is 13 feet, 6 inches. Gotcha. How did you first get notified that uh, someone or the board at the Homeowners Association was unhappy with the Bronze Eagle and the flagpole? 
Yeah, so I want to draw a distinction between the current board, which has been extraordinarily cooperative and um, just appropriately engaging in how we resolve this with the prior board. So the prior board, I notified them um, that I had this installed um, as a courtesy just to let them know that this was um, installed behind the Eagle and that um, per state law, I'm allowed to do so regardless of the HOA rules and regulations, that this supersedes, the state law supersedes anything that an HOA can have in place. Um, many, many months we went through uh, without them acknowledging um, that notification and finally setting a determination many months later um, that I violated the rules um, and therefore I needed to remove the flagpole and then subsequently fines were being assessed uh, hmm. at, a, at a cost of $50 per day which is extraordinary um, to think that you're being fined to fly our national symbol. You were notified by email? Uh, I was notified uh, via um, a response card that the homeowner, the management association sends out uh, to homeowners if they're in violation of a rule. So you get notified uh, via letter or via postcard. Did you ever have a beef with uh, anybody on the board prior to this? Let's just say that we have been off the, the same page many times um, on issues, particularly the uh, the Eagle. And, you know, the beauty of, of living, uh, if one decides to live in a homeowners association, the opportunity there is to have open communication and dialogue with the board and the residents. That's where it can op- operate. Yeah, but did you do you feel like you had that, though, Rich? Not at all. Yeah. Not at all. There was uh, in in that period of time that you mentioned, uh, we only had one direct conversation. Yeah, I tried to reach and, out to the board and the board president at the beginning of this thing, and I was sent to some folks in Philadelphia area, and I called them, and and uh, they said uh, we're not. No one's going to talk to you. Yeah, that's uh, that's unfortunate because you can't operate a community that way. And and the challenge for Delaware is that most development in Delaware now, almost ninety percent plus is within a homeowners association type of community. So there are really are minimal options unless you move further south into Sussex. And even then, most developments that are coming up in Sussex County are homeowner associations. So it's, it's difficult for residents to live outside of such entities. And inside, what we have created, where the, the, the challenge is becoming in Delaware, is that we're creating a whole set of other kind of regulatory entities that may run up against state and local law. Yeah, and, you, uh, so you and I have a very different view of HOAs. You respect them. You, th- you think that they can be good. I, I, I see they're often, <laughs> far too often populated with a bunch of power-hungry little weasels who, uh, for, for some reason, decided that, okay, now I'm in, on an HOA, now I've got power, and uh, now I can you know, tell them to respect my authority or whatever. And like I said, that's that, not everybody in the HOL, HOA, but there's too many of them like that. And that's why I I, I, I asked the questions about uh, you and the president of the HOA. You guys have any beefs? Did he not like you? Do you any indication of that? There, there have been a couple occasions where we've where, uh, those expressions came across to the negative that way. Okay. And, and I do want to draw a st- distinction with that prior board where that was – yeah, when when did you, what was the new board put in, and uh, what what uh, what was the impetus uh, for people to say yes? We need a new board. Was uh, was this part of uh, of the new board? Was it elected by the people there in uh, this neighborhood? 
Correct. So every every year or two years, I mean, every year we have an election and, the, and they serve their term. It's either a one year or two year term. So as the new members rolled onto the board, um, they provided the insight that was necessary to recognize what was the most appropriate and right way to address uh, this current situation. And, and thankfully, you know, just good governance prevailed. Right. So the new um, board comes in and, and they say, you know what, uh, this case is ridiculous. We're going to drop this. I, I'm, but I'm wondering uh, with, with that, was this part of the reason some people say, yeah, we're getting a board to keep this stuff from happening again? Well, I, you know, I, I think there needs to be radical changes you identified in Delaware around homeowners associations and how governance um, is provided. So more training needs to happen. And you know, I think um, tighter restrictions in terms of what they are allowed to do. Mm-hmm. Um, and right now it's um, it's almost like the Wild West in terms of. But but many... there is a voting process, though, right? Yes. Yeah, there, exactly. There is. So so here's what I'm hearing from you. I live in this community. I don't want to insult or impugn anybody here, Rick, so I really don't want to say how much of a <laughs> how much uh, this was involved in electing a new board, but I'm glad there's a new board and we're going to have good governments. That's pretty much what I'm hearing from you and I I totally get that if I'm correct. Well, um I I would say that um the right decision prevailed. Yeah, I would agree. Abs- absolutely, Rich. And I'm so happy for you, man, because this is crazy. You know, three years, it's a flagpole. You served with honor and distinction in the U.S. Army, and, uh, you know, you, you love the country, and you just want to show your patriotism and fly a nice American flag, and for whatever reason, you had someone else in there who said, no, they didn't like that. I want to get to Ted Kittle here. And those are my words, not Rich's. Uh, Attorney Ted Kittle. Ted, you were with him for what, two or, or all three of these years he was fighting this thing? Yeah, I, I, got, I got involved in uh, the process about a year after um, uh, Rich started running up against the wall um, uh, with, with what was going on. And um, at that point, we decided that we needed to bring uh, file litigation in the Court of Chancery uh, to uh, see the, the, the Delaware statute enforced. Um, and by the way, you know, Rich was, was referring to uh, some, some hopeful changes that are, uh, that are being actually proposed right now in the Delaware General Assembly to try to get some of these uh, uh, flagpole laws uh, cleaned up so that there's not sort of the problems that were, that were being caused while we were in the middle of this case. Yeah. Um, and, but, uh, yeah, well, I, I, I came in, we got involved. Um, I, I took the case on a pro bono basis um, because, you know, my, my father was a veteran um, and uh, my father loved the flag. And, uh, um, I, you know, I, I, I don't have him around anymore. And I, I think he was looking down at us and smiling on us and, pleased with what I was doing on this case. But, uh, uh, I, you know, Rich is a, is a terrific guy, um, and uh, it was unfortunate. It's, it's really hard to be in a situation where, you know, neighbors are, uh, you know, disagreeing with each other. I've, I've always had a policy to not disagree with my neighbors. It's just really important because otherwise you just have to move. It's just miserable. <laughs> yeah. You know, you see them every day. What, you know, what are you going to do about it? But this one was a no-brainer. Um, I, the, the the new board sat down with Rich, and and this was kind of the nice touch on this. The agreement in principle was reached on Veterans Day, and the parties sat down on Veterans Day, worked it out. Um, there was a really terrific um, homeowners uh, board president that came in in, the, in there, and 
And just I, I can read this provision here from the settlement agreement. This is this is the wonderful part about it. Um, they, it comes down to they, they've removed all the fines. They've removed um, all the issues with it. And it says the flagpole is hereby deemed and will forever after remain an improved an, an approved improvement to the property. Oh, nice. Um, and no further steps shall be taken by anyone or any their successors in interest to interfere with Mr. Killingsworth's quiet enjoyment of the flagpole. <laughs> I think nice. it's just a, a very nice result here. Um, unfortunately, it took a lot of attorney time to get this. Um, well, let me ask you about that, because I know a lot of attorneys have yeah. done a lot of pro bono work, and uh, your time is money. So if you'd be, if someone's listening right now and they have a similar problem going on with a homeowners association, you worked on this for two years, including filings with the Chancery Court, which thankfully you didn't actually have to go there and fight the other party in court directly. But uh, in billable hours, what would that run? Yeah, it, I mean, we we kept we kept a, a monitor on this, and uh, I had a very good colleague that was working with me on this thing named Bill Green. I mean, if you look at the number of hours, we were talking about one hundred and seventy thousand dollars in billable time. Good lord! Um, also, knowing attorneys who've done pro bono work, sometimes there's costs and fees. You have to pay your assistant, uh, maybe uh, office staff, things like that. Did you have any expenses out of pocket, Ted? Well, we had a lot of expenses out of pocket. Um, Rich, Rich is covering, um, you know, fees, court, court filing fees. We had depositions that got taken. There were several depositions, um, and those are not those are not cheap. They're about fifteen hundred dollars a pop for a deposition. Yeah. Um, we we had we had discovery. We had electronic vendors. Um, by the way, we had a great electronic vendor who st- stepped up, heard about the case, and decided to greatly reduce their rate to help rich out on this thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so there was a lot of, it was a lot of expenses, but you know, look, I, I pay, I pay my uh, colleague to, to work at the firm. And there was so many hours that had to be devoted to this. And, you know, that, that takes them away from work that I can actually bill out, you know, for on another matter. So, you know, it's easy to say, well, you know, we, we, we added up the time is the amount of time is lost. Well, First of all, I don't see it as lost. Pro bono is something that we, we, we need to do, and especially in a case like this. This was something that we were very, very proud to handle. Yeah, I we understand. Very proud to handle. Yeah. Well, I mean, and Rich, you know this. Ted Kittle certainly is a public servant, as you had been and, and likely uh, you know continued to be as well. Uh, but you know, Ted ran for Delaware Attorney General back in, what, 2014. And again, as I interviewed him back then, Rich, it was because he wanted to be a public servant. Now he continues to be a public servant in uh, in this and other ways as well. Congratulations, uh, Ted, uh, and also uh, Rich Killingsworth, Middletown. Congratulations, my friend. I'm glad this worked out well for you. Thanks so much, Rick. And before we go, I just do want to mention the, the bill that's before the state legisla- legislature, Senate Bill 170 which will kind of remove what's happened here, the risk for homeowners putting up their flagpole. I would ask that your listeners call into the legislature, uh, legislator and ask them to vote in favor of Senate Bill 170, uh, which will strengthen the current Delaware Code so this never happens again and no other resident of Delaware has to consider even paying a penny to fight their right to fly the American flag. 
Rich Killingsworth, uh, Army veteran who had to fight for three years over the Homeowners Association to be able to fly his flag, which, of course, is completely legit. Thank you so much, gentlemen. Congratulations and uh, Merry Christmas.